Hello, NetSuite podcast fans, friends, and listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Kendall Fisher, and on this episode, we're diving into the NetSuite 2020 release two updates impacting product-based organizations, the supply chain, and warehouse management. Joining us for a second time is Matt Weisner, NetSuite industry principal in manufacturing. Weisner provides some background on the product-focused organizations NetSuite typically works with, their common pain points and challenges, and how NetSuite helps overcome them. He explains the impact of COVID-19 on those organizations, as well as some of the successful ways NetSuite customers have navigated the current climate. Weisner then dives into 2020 release two and the updates across supply chain management, including a new supply planning and MRP solution, as well as inventory planning, order management, and WMS like no bin location support, tally scanning, and the ability to pack non-inventory items, as well as the ability to enter carton numbers. He also reveals advances for the supply chain control tower, suite apps, advanced manufacturing, and quality management. Lots to come, so stay tuned. You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale. Hi, Matt. Welcome back to the NetSuite Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. You bet. Thanks for having me back. Always enjoy talking to you guys. Yeah, definitely. Now we have a lot to go over in this episode discussing some of the big updates rolling out for product-based companies in NetSuite 2020 release too. But before we do, product-based companies, I'm air quoting right now, is obviously super broad. So just as a quick refresher um, for our listeners, what are product-based companies and what type of product companies does NetSuite work with? Sure. Well, we consider anyone who works extensively with inventory to be a product-based company. So this includes customers that would simply just do like a buy and sell relationship, like a distributor, as well as companies that do complete conversion, like many of our manufacturing companies would. So most of these companies fall into verticals such as our manufacturing, wholesale distribution, retail, food and beverage, and even like our consumer packaged goods vertical. So examples of some of those, like, you know, we, we've done a lot of work with Shaw Flooring and Joy Life Foods is one of the food and beverage customers. That's a, a very product-based company because they do a lot of manufacturing. And then the Mozilla group of companies is another good example of, of a customer of ours who's, who really falls under that product-based company umbrella. Love that you provided those examples. That's that's great. Now, I know you have a long history working in supply chain and warehouse management. And for those of you who are tuning in, um, Matt joined us before. Make sure you go check out our 20.1 WMS podcast episode with Matt to hear all about his career history and some of the things he's learned along the way and shared with us. But for now, what are the common pain points you see in this realm and how does NetSuite help address them? I know We only have so much time on this podcast, but if you could just give us a brief overview, that would be great. Sure, you bet. You know, the the key for any product company is always visibility. And when we're talking about supply chain, we're always talking about getting that right product, right place, right time, right price, right quality. And so our customers are really looking for tools that can help them meet those goals. And they're looking for tools that help them to do that efficiently. So functionality that can reduce the effort and the cost associated with meeting their customers' needs, those pain points 
will begin to appear in the receiving process and the storage process, the manufacturing process, ultimately the fulfillment to the to their customers. So NetSuite provides you know kind of that unified platform so that all of those functions across the supply chain can can talk to each other and work seamlessly throughout the life cycle of inventory. Lots of moving parts, definitely. And while we're talking about pain points, the last time you joined us was in the earlier part of this year. I want to say it was February or March, right at the beginning of COVID-19. So what major challenges are product companies facing now amid COVID-19 and especially within the supply chain? Yeah, it was. Things have uh, have certainly changed. It's been <laughs> a, an interesting time for, for supply chains in general. And, and it's easy to not just think about how everything moves and gets to the customer, um, but the pandemic kind of really sh- began to shine a light on manufacturing and distribution companies as well as supply chains. And I know that for me, in my lifetime, I've never seen such a sudden disruption in supply chain where we've seen demand for some products, you know, blow through the roof where, you know, companies can't keep up. And then we've also seen demand completely flatline for other products at the same time. So there's really kind of a feast or famine effect for a lot of our manufacturers or or companies. And so, you know, we've seen a lot of customers, you know, that have really taken advantage and we've seen customers that have really, you know, struggled. So it's been a very challenging time for sure. What are some of those product companies that you saw, like kind of go, go through the roof as you put it? And did that surprise you at all? It did. It did. You know, I mean, I know that you've talked with our our friends at Bedford Industries and and they kind of took advantage of the situation and were able to, you know, retool existing equipment that they have within their facility to make face shields, meet new needs and and make sure that they continue to have work for their employees and their company to survive. And, And we've also seen a lot of product companies that have looked to restart production here in the U.S. and, and, and begin to reshore operations. So there's a new kind of value placed on making your supply chain a little bit tighter, easier to control, and sometimes localizing that supply chain can help. Yeah, definitely. I, I like to hear some of the success stories that are coming out of this. I know we're, we're hearing a lot of the sad stories of businesses that, that haven't been able to make it through. And, and unfortunately, those are, I think, outweighing some of the success stories right now. But exactly what you said is having that control over the supply chain. And that's what you, what you brought up earlier, right? One of the common pain points or, or things that companies are always striving for is that visibility. And I know for, I actually talked to Kara Golden from Hint. And one of the things that she said was, you know, that having the visibility in her supply chain to be able to quickly like maneuver and be able to quickly pivot where needed from distribution centers that were local. And she talks all about her, you know, I'm air quoting again, all American supply chain is what she's been talking about a lot lately, not just with us, but with other outlets everywhere. And I think that's a, a very interesting concept. And Hint got into Costco and has been seeing a massive increase in demand for that product. So very interesting. And that brings me actually to what Kara said was that having NetSuite provided her that visibility she needed into her supply chain. So I want to ask with these challenges that you've noted for product-based companies and for the issues in the supply chain amid COVID-19, how does NetSuite help? Can you give us some insight into that? Yeah, and I, I think it really starts with our our sweet success mentality and methodology that we provide, right? And what that does is it allows our customers to quickly shift, make changes, and and maintain that visibility. And then 
you know, we've got some great examples during this time of, of some manufacturers who have, you know, very large operations overseas. They've got big footprints. They're running traditional ERP systems on-premise, you know, systems that take a long time to implement. And as they look to move operations or or ramp up operations that are more localized, you know, across the world for that matter, but including the U.S., we've got a lot of them coming and looking to NetSuite because we can take our suite success methodology and we can stand up a true cloud-based scalable solution, you know, in a matter of months compared to the years that it might have taken them to implement their current big ERP system that's a little bit more unruly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that good insight there. Now, I want to talk a bit more about supply chain management. And as I mentioned before, what is coming in 2020 release two for product companies in that realm? Well, there's actually some you know really good stuff in this release. And I'm, I'm always excited to talk about this stuff. So the big ticket item that we have in 20.2 is the new supply planning or MRP solution that we're calling it. The last time we talked, Kendall, I think I kind of teased that feature and, and said, hey, look for some stuff around inventory planning. The great news about this feature is for existing customers, especially that are listening, if you currently own the demand planning module, then all of the MRP functionality will be available as soon as your environment's updated. So you should actually be able to go out and test and start to look at that functionality now within your release preview environment. So Supply planning 20.2 really starts with a completely redesigned uh, approach to how we look at the supply planning process. And that all starts by taking the planning data, the, the information that you would use to plan inventory and placing it in a dedicated planning repository. And so that allows us to control the timing of the data within the ERP and when we want to use it for our planning and our scheduling and it includes the ability to schedule updates for that data as well as like net change updates so we can do updates very quickly within the the repository in our previous supply planning version we held most of the supply planning criteria at the item level but now with mrp we provide what we're calling a a supply plan definition and so we can actually move some of that into an individual supply plan definition. These are things like our planning horizon, the items that we wanna include, the locations, all of the planning rules, demand sources and things like that. Allows us to have the ability to manage the supply plan definition and then have multiple supply plans that we can use to compare uh, against one another. So we can take that supply plan, copy it, make some adjustments to some of those rules And then we can run it and compare it to another plan or the previous plan, which is a huge advantage that we have over our our existing functionality. So the other thing, kind of last thing to mention here is about the multiple location support, um, which is one thing that we've we've been kind of had on the radar that we wanted to deliver for a while now. And so what we can do is, is define distribution networks through multiple locations on a plan-by-plan basis where it was rather static in our previous uh, DRP functionality. So we're really excited about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a lot going on here. What does all of this mean for buyers and planners? What is going to be the biggest difference going in when they implement these new supply planning tools? Sure. So the the update introduces what we're calling uh, the planner's workbench, which is really where the, the planning and scheduling folks are going to are going to live they're going to be able to go out there and look at the plan they're going to be able to evaluate new action and exception messaging 
that we've provided, and this allows them to identify and react to any mismatches within their supply chain. So they can do that by pulling orders in, they could push orders out, they can even cancel orders if like an item is oversupplied as an example. So that's all accomplished by introducing a, a change order process. And that change order process is used to drive an approval workflow. And that way the appropriate departments um, that might be impacted by that change are involved in the reviewing, improving, and even implementing you know, the change, whether it's a date on a work order, on a, on a purchase order, or transfer order, or the like. So all of that analysis is supported by a brand new layout within that workbench. And the decision-making process is, is driven by full pegging support. So we're able to drill into supply and demand across all locations for an individual item. So the planner really, at the end of the day, after all of all the exception messaging and, and reviews of the things they can look at, next the planner would be able to review recommended purchase orders, work orders, transfer orders, and then release those for execution. Mm. So once those planned orders are out there and released, really from that point, we're still utilizing a lot of the standard NetSuite screens that we're familiar with. So the order item screen, the mass create work order screen, and we use those to make a final review of the demand and of the orders that need to be created and, and go ahead and execute those. The one last thing that I would mention here is we've added the ability to use the transfer orders, replenish location by transfer order screen to consolidate transfer orders onto a single transfer order, which is a huge improvement over our DRP functionality that we've utilized in the past. So overall, how do updates like these impact a business in general? And then how do you think companies will leverage these updates during a time like this, especially that what if kind of analysis? Sure. So it kind of comes back to meeting you know, customer demand and all these tools will help our customers get, again, get those right products in the, in the right place. Uh, so that they can increase the fill rates, reduce stockouts, uh, ultimately drive customer satisfaction. Many of our customers have, have grown into multi-location structures. And the what-if analysis capability allows them to look at things like, hey, what if I transfer uh, this item from Boston as opposed to Atlanta? And then they can see the impact and they can identify if it may be possible to speed up a delivery by making those type of changes in that what-if analysis. There's enough uncertainty to go around right now. NetSuite reduces it by giving you visibility and control. With so many critical decisions to make, you need the right numbers and you need them right now. NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, we give you financials, cash flow, payroll, inventory, and more all in one place so you have clear visibility and total control of your business. NetSuite customers have the flexibility to work from anywhere with immediate clarity on critical information right at their fingertips. No more guessing, no more waiting. Make smarter decisions with confidence because you've got crystal clear visibility into your numbers. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to stay in control. Receive your free guide, Managing Business Uncertainty, and schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com USA. Don't wait. Get your free guide, Managing Business Uncertainty, and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com USA. netsuite.com USA.
So it sounds like we're making major progress in inventory planning. Now for customer service or sales reps, what's new there and how will that impact those types of roles? Sure. So about a year ago, you know, we introduced uh, a new feature called supply allocations and, and it allowed us to allocate not only inventory that we've already received, but also inventory that we anticipate receiving, whether that be on a work order we're going to produce or coming in from a transfer order or even like a purchase order receipt. So in 20.2, we've added to that functionality, the ability to allocate inventory that's coming in on an inbound shipment, which is basically just a collection of purchase orders that we manage on an individual shipment basis. So the, the example here is an importer who's consolidating multiple vendor shipments into one ocean container, as an example. So the addition of, of having the ability to allocate inventory on those types of transactions is really going to help fill out that functionality. So next, we take that supply allocation functionality, and along with the existing available to promise functionality, we've given our customer service teams the ability to evaluate supply and identify the earliest date that we could ship a sales order line. And this is a, a huge jump in our ability to support the order promising process within a sales role. So the sales rep would be able to look, take an order, click the available to promise, and it would tell them you know, when the soonest we could commit or promise that order would be. And then the last thing to mention here, and this is one that I kind of geek out on, is we've added a, a new feature to the order allocation process that will allow a customer, if they choose to, to optimize their allocations based on the highest po possible order fill rate, which is one of the standard KPIs that we track within NetSuite. So what we're seeing is taking some of the functionality that we've delivered here over the last few years and utilizing it to drive and optimize some of the KPIs that we know our customers are constantly looking to improve and to maximize. And I, I can't help but connect too to when, you know, that like kind of promise date situation that's that's so important at least as a consumer i've felt is so important right now because so many things have changed and shifted and i know especially with everybody shopping online because you know for safety reasons and and trying to get their orders filled <laughs> i've definitely seen it be like oh well, you know, this order will be in 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 you know 5 to 7 business days and then all of a sudden 3 weeks go by and i'm like wait a second what's going on here so i think that's huge too with, with everything going on in the world right now and the fluctuations we're seeing in terms of delivery date and promises on on that end absolutely and then speaking of order fulfillment, actually, our NetSuite WMS got a big update in 2020 release one, as we talked about um, when you were on previously. We talked about the new interface and support for GS1 barcodes. Are we releasing any other updates in 2020.2 that you can speak to right now? Yeah, actually, WMS has got a couple of things that we've introduced. So some of our customers may have like a really large distribution center where they set up multiple aisles, areas, bins, and they're really successful at utilizing our WMS to receive inventory, put it away, manage it, fulfill it. At the same time, some of those same customers may have some smaller service centers or even retail stores where they hold inventory that they want to track, but they don't necessarily need to implement bin management where they have you know, detailed locations within that facility. So historically, we've required that uh, in order to use the WMS tool, you have to have bin management. And now in 20.2, our customers are able to use the, the WMS tool in those locations where they don't need bins, 
And this just allows for you know, a faster implementation and easier processing with those facilities. So we're really excited to offer that. In addition to that, the no-bin location support, we've also introduced tally scanning, um, which has been a longstanding request from, from several of our WMS customers where when receiving or, or shipping an item, we can increment the quantity by one every time something's scanned. So the example here is where I have a truck back up to the dock, it's stacked floor to ceiling with different cases, and I can't get a good count on those cases until I completely unload the truck. So this will allow the receiving person to go and scan each box as it comes off the truck and give us an accurate count so that we don't have to go back and recount all the product after we get it unloaded. So the last thing to mention here on the WMS front is the ability for our customers to pack non-inventory items during the packing process within WMS. So in 20.2, we now support that as well as the ability to enter the carton numbers or the carton ID at all three steps of the fulfillment process. So pick, pack, and ship. Well, just really kind of quick sidebar for no bin location support. How is that going to help companies fulfill orders like curbside pickup? Is this going to help with all of that, especially as people are planning for the holiday season? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we, we see the WMS, you know, the handheld device and, the, and that interface, you know, becoming more uh, adopted across all of those locations where we haven't seen huge adoption on the retail front or the service center front, like what you're saying. I think we're going to see that because it does really help you to be able to go, you know, go out to uh, the stock room, grab that inventory, go ahead and scan it out, fulfill it to the customer so that we can account for the fact that it's left the building and, and we're tracking it in real time so that we know what's happened. So there's a, there's a huge advantage. And not only that, but if you think about these companies and you think about how they share their staff, you know, even if it's within a, a certain city and they have a, a kind of a hub and, and several different retail, now you're, you're talking about those operators or those employees being able to go from one location to the other and be utilizing the same system at each location. So there's a lot of consistency and, and it's easier to share that labor or that workforce. Yeah, and that's a huge topic. We actually just discussed it with Hanif Ishmael about our sweet people kind of performance management updates for 2020 release too. And one of the biggest issues he brought up was getting more out of your current workforce right now with hiring being a little weird and everything around that. So I think that's interesting that you bring that up too. It's it's another way to get more out of your workforce and they're able to utilize, like you said, the system at different, you know, in different areas and it's the same system. So the supply chain control tower is always a hot topic for product companies. First of all, can you give us a little refresher on the control tower, what it does and why it's important? You bet. You bet. Absolutely. So the supply chain control tower, it's one of those really exciting for me. Again, I geek out on this stuff, kind of reporting and analytics features that we've released uh, over the last couple of years. So the first thing it does is provides us with the ability to look at an item inventory snapshot. And that's going to show us exactly how much inventory we have where that inventory is at and what supply and demand is impacting that inventory in a, in a time phase view. And then next we've introduced the supply chain control tower dashboard, which takes the information within those snapshots and it provides things like warnings, uh, KPIs, we talked about a little bit earlier, and reminders regarding any supply issues that we can mine out of that data. So that would include things like late purchase orders, late work orders, sales orders that are past due. And then we see the introduction of machine learning. So that's where we use the trained algorithms and we can predict kind of supply disruptions. And all that happens there on the supply chain control tower dashboard. 
again, huge right now, especially always, but right now, especially. So what is new with the supply chain control tower in 2020 release too? Well, there's, there's a couple of really important things, I think, in 2020.2 that, that we've released here. So previously, we would identify purchase orders that might be at risk through the machine learning algorithm. And you had the ability to run a simulation, make a date change, and then you could accept those changes on the PO and see the impact there. So with this release, we've added the ability not only to change the date, but also to look at an alternate vendor. So if you have another vendor with a little bit different lead time or even a little bit different track record, we can add that to the simulation to see what would happen if we were to change that vendor and maybe be able to deliver that order on time or receive that order on time. So this allows kind of more of that little what if scenario that we talked about earlier. In addition to that, we've had predicted risk for purchase orders and transfer orders. In 20.2, we now get predicted risk around sales orders. And just kind of as a reminder, um, we use a random forest algorithm to train and we need at least you know, 500 transaction lines in a specific location to train the model and then begin to predict those, those risks. And, and so it's exciting to see that we've kind of added another area to that on a pretty consistent basis here. So we're looking forward to seeing how that works with the, with the sales orders that we think might ship late that we need to uh, try to intervene for. Yeah, definitely. And what about sweet apps? What new sweet apps are available now? Sure. So, you know, related to supply chain, there's, there's really two new sweet apps that everybody should be aware of. The first one is we have a brand new lot and serial trace sweet app, which is a new bundle. It really replaces our, our older lot traceability bundle. The new app provides improved performance for the traceability process, as well as support for serialized traceability, which we haven't had in the past, which is really important. So this includes both forward and backward tracing. So we can take items that we received on a purchase order and we can forward trace those and we can see everywhere they went, all the products that they went into, and ultimately all the customers that received something with that component or that inventory item in it. Or we can go backwards and we can look at a customer fulfillment and we can say, okay, uh, what went into that fulfillment? If it's a manufactured item, we can go all the way back to every vendor that supplied product that went into that assembly. So we see both forward and backward uh, traceability with that. And we're excited to have that available for both lot and serial now. And then the second app is uh, the new bill of lading suite app. So Uh, just like anything else, bill of lading requirements are continuing to evolve. There continues to be new requirements. So the the new bill of lading suite app is really a feature that simplifies our customers' ability to go in and configure their own bill of ladings, their own formats, and then control when and how those bill of ladings get printed. Now, when I think of suite apps for the supply chain, I can't help but think of advanced manufacturing and quality management as well. What can you tell us about those? Sure. So we've got some pretty interesting updates on on both fronts and even actually on the manufacturing mobile front as well. So for quality management, we introduced a new context trigger for sales order fulfillment. So we now have the assembly uh, build trigger, the work order completion trigger, the purchase receipt trigger, and now we've introduced the sales order fulfillment trigger. So customers are now going to be able to perform quality inspections at the fulfillment stage if they need that kind of final quality check before things go out the door, you know, maybe even capture a picture of the state of that inventory as it goes onto the truck. So they have that for, you know, for traceability purposes. So in addition to that, we've introduced a CSV upload functionality for the sampling data, um, which is the functionality we introduced in the last release. So this will allow our our customers to 
if they have an inspection that requires a lot of different checks with over uh, a large number of samples, they'll be able to download a template of those uh, requirements, fill that in, utilizing Excel, and then upload that right back into quality management quickly um, so that we can capture all that data. And finally, we've introduced an, an external QMS connector. Um, this is going to allow our customers that are utilizing a different QMS system or even an LMS system, which we're seeing a lot, and that's laboratory management system. And they're going to be able to uh, connect those systems together with NetSuite so that we can capture the appropriate data within the NetSuite quality management module. Mm -hmm. Now, on the advanced manufacturing side, we've actually kind of along the same theme, we provided a little bit deeper integration into the quality management module. So to do this, uh, there's now a quality management trigger that's based on the advanced manufacturing production result, which allows inspection queues to be generated based on activity in process as opposed to after a build or completion is created. I know that's a lot of detail, but at the end of the day, our customers who are using advanced manufacturing are gonna be able to do more meaningful process inspection because inspections will be generated at the right time when they need it. So uh, the last thing I mentioned is the, the manufacturing mobile application, which we talked about uh, in the last release, now has the ability to update production start and end dates that we also introduced to the work order in the last release. So this allows for some more performance to plan type reporting in those environments that, that aren't using our, our work in process solution. I mean, that this is a lot to, <laughs> to digest here. A lot going on. Uh, good, good for you guys. It's, this is awesome. Um, and some great, great insight. As always, though, I have to ask, any future plans or updates you can give us a sneak peek into for product companies, especially with a lot of the new functionalities that we're rolling out? I'm guessing that there's going to be follow-ups from that. Absolutely. So, you know, as is typical, you know, anytime we release something as, as major as the MRP functionality that's coming out here, um, there's always some follow-on automation, tweaks, things like that. Certainly keep an eye out for that. But, you know, the focus of our product team is really, you know, how do we help drive our customers towards more productivity and how do we help our customers really kind of drive their business forward and, and become, you know, even more productive. So um, there's not a lot I can share about what's ex <laughs> what exactly is coming, but, you know, I would continue to see more features for all of our manufacturers, distributors, retail companies. Okay, so I've been asking all of the guests who've been joining us virtually on this podcast over the past couple of months to just share their advice on navigating the current climate. And I, I want to extend that to you as well. What would you say to our customers or listeners, especially those tuning in from the product-based industry, about getting through this challenging time? Sure. You know, when I was you know working as a supply chain manager, I had a boss one time that would always say, hey, there are no problems. There's only opportunities. And, you know, he didn't allow anyone to come into his office and say, hey, I have a problem with this or a problem with that. So I learned really fast that when you came to him, you always came with an opportunity instead of a problem. So I think that's the attitude that we have to, to kind of take during this time. And if we do, we're going to continue to see the results that we're looking for. We've seen that with our customers kind of embodying that entrepreneurial spirit. Those that are kind of looking at this as an opportunity, they're being creative, that are continuing to drive their continuous improvement efforts. They're continuing to look for ways to eliminate waste and to automate. I think that's the approach and that's the kind of the mentality that we have to take at this point. Yeah, definitely. And, and you um, kind of highlighted one of the customer stories I just find fascinating and love telling the Bedford industry story and how quickly they pivoted to start creating 
shields and masks for those who needed it. So I think that's that's what exactly what you just said. It's it wasn't a problem. They created a new opportunity from it. And I think that's awesome. I love, love that bit of advice, Matt. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us on this episode. I can only imagine that we'll have you back on again in our next release. And just thank you again. You bet. We'll always look forward to it. Thank you so much to Matt Weisner for joining us on this episode of the NetSuite podcast. We look forward to continued updates for WMS and supply chain functionalities and all of the benefits it will bring your business. Thank you to our editing crew over at Lampstand and all of you listeners for tuning in. You just listened to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.